Hello and welcome to Battle Ready with Missy Armstrong. We are going to prepare ourselves for battle by learning about the characters in the Bible, learning about their victories and their defeats. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome. My name is Missy Armstrong and if it's your first time here, hi, we're so happy that you're listening and we hope you get a lot out of the lesson today. If this is not your first time, welcome. Hello and welcome. My name is Missy Armstrong and I'm so happy to have you listening today. We have been looking at Jacob and we are almost to the end of the story of Jacob and so let's just get right in there and let's learn a little bit about Jacob today so we'll start out excuse me in Genesis chapter 33 okay at the beginning of chapter 33 with verse 1 Jacob looked up, and there was Esau coming with 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and the two female servants. He put the female servants and their children in front, Leah and her children next to them, and Rachel and Joseph in the rear. He himself went ahead and bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. But Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and he kissed him and they wept. Then Esau looked up and saw the women and children. Who are these with you? he asked. And Jacob answered, They are the children God has graciously given your servant. Then the female servants and their children approached, approached and bowed down. Then Leah and her children came and bowed down. Last of all came Joseph and Rachel, and they too bowed down. Esau asked, What is the meaning of all these flocks and herds I met? To find favor in your eyes, my lord, he said. But, But Esau said, I already have plenty, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. No, please, said Jacob. If I have found favor in your eyes, accept this gift for me. For I see your face is like seeing the face of God. Now that you have received me favorably, please accept the the present that was brought to you. For God has been gracious to me, and I have all I need. And And because Jacob insisted... Esau accepted. Then Esau said, Let us be on our way. I'll accompany you. But Jacob said to him, My Lord knows that the children are tender and that I must care for the the ewes and the cows that are nursing their young. If they are driven too hard in just one day, all the animals will die. So let my Lord go ahead of his servant while I move along slowly at a pace of the flocks and the herds before me 
and the pace the pace of the children until I come to the to my Lord in Seir. Esau said, Then let me leave some of my men with you. But why do that? Jacob asked. Just let me find favor in your eyes, my Lord. So that day Esau started on his way back to Seir. Jacob, however, went to Succoth, where he built a place for himself and made shelters for his livestock. That is why the place is called Succoth. Because after Jacob came to Padam Aram, he arrived safely at the city of Shechem in Canaan and camped within the site of the city. For a hundred pieces of silver he bought from the sons of Hamer, the father of Shechem, the plot of ground where he pitched his tent. There he set up an altar and called it El Ehi, Israel. After a night of wrestling with an angel, Jacob looked up and there was Esau coming with four hundred men. Jacob, still somewhat apprehensive, approached his brother, bowed down to the ground seven times. Jacob had the birthright and therefore, according to custom, was the superior. But this action of humility deeply impressed Esau and they were fully reconciled. Esau offered an escort to his destination, Canaan. But Jacob declines. Eventually, Jacob crosses the Jordan, buys a pot of ground from Shechem, and for the first time on the sacred soil of Canaan, erects an altar. At that spot, he calls God his God, not the God of Jacob, but the God of Israel, his new name. Have you ever noticed that more often than not, when something happens to us, something happens to those around us. A changed Jacob resulted in a changed Esau. Many, though not all of our problems, are problems in ourselves which we project on others. When we change, others change. When, you, when you're going through life and you... you perceive an issue or you feel upset a lot of times you will project that onto other people that your facial expressions your tone of voice different things are projected to the people around you and when Jacob went through the wrestling with God and all of these years of working for his wives he changed. And he came to Esau in humility. Bowing down before him. And because of this. Esau was also changed. Esau approached him with love and care. And as a brother that hadn't seen another brother in many many years would. But this all changed because Jacob changed. Do you need to change things in your life for those around you? You know, if 
I wake up in the morning and uh, my son comes in and he starts talking to me and I talk to him angrily or I talk to him really short or, you know, with a voice of of just animosity. He's going to return that. Right? Or he's going to be like, what's wrong with you? Why are you treating me like this? That's what I'm talking about. You project that onto other people. And so, take time to really think about what you're doing. How you're projecting. Are you always negative? Are you always sad? Can you not find joy? If you can find joy, and you can smile, then you can make a change in others just by your positive attitude. You could also make a change in others to your negative attitude. Learn to find the joy in the darkest of times. There is always a joy. There is always a hope. And so, this reminds me. I'm trying to remember exactly where it is. I can't remember it now, but, (laughs) uh, anyway, just don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, bring it to the Lord. Always remember, there is a reason to rejoice, there is a reason to be happy. If you are saved, that is reason enough to be jumping off of, like, jumping up and down and being extremely happy every day because you have hope don't let the world get you down and you may see a change in other people when you change yourself let's move on to Genesis 35 then God said to Jacob go up to Bethel and settle there and build an altar there for there to God whom appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and all those who were with him, Get rid of your foreign gods that you have with you and purify yourselves and change your clothes. Then come, let's go to Bethel where I will build an altar to God (coughs) who answered me in the day of my distress, who has been with me wherever I I have gone. So they gave Jacob all their foreign gods they had and their rings in their ears and Jacob buried them under an oak in Shechem. Then they set out to the they set out and the terror of God fell on the towns all around them so that no one pursued them. Jacob and all his people with him came to Luz that is Bethel in the land of Canaan. There he built an altar and called the place El Bethel because it was there that God revealed himself to him when he was fleeing from his brother. Now Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died and was buried under the oak outside Bethel. So it was named Alon Bethel. After Jacob returned from Padam Aram, God appeared to him again and blessed him. God said to him, Your name is Jacob, but you will no longer be called Jacob. 
your name will be Israel. So he named him Israel. And God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and increase in number. A nation and a land I give to Abraham and Isaac. I also give to you. And I will give you this land to your descendants after you. Then God went up from him at the place where he had talked with him. Jacob set up a stone altar at that place where God had talked to him. And he poured out his drink offering on it. And he poured oil on it. And Jacob called the place where God had talked with him Bethel. Then they moved from Bethel. While they were still some distance from Ephrath, Rachel gave birth and with great difficulty. As she was having great difficulty in childbirth, a midwife said to her, Don't despair, for you have another son. As she breathed her last, for she was dying, she named her son Ben-Onai. But his father named him Benjamin, or his father named him Benjamin. So Rachel died and was buried in Ephrath, that is now Bethlehem. Over her tomb, Jacob set up a pillar, and to this day the pillar marks Rachel's tomb. Israel moved on again, pitched his tent beyond Megal Elder Eder, while. Israel was living in that region. Reuben went and slept with his father's carcubon, Bila, Bil, Bilha, and Israel heard of it. Jacob had twelve sons. The sons of Leah, Reuben, the firstborn of Jacob's, Simon, Levi, Judah, Eschar, Zebulun, and the sons of Rachel, Joseph and Benjamin, the sons of Rachel's servant, Bela, Dan, and Naphtali, and the sons of Leah's servant, Zilpah, Gad, and Esher. These were the sons of Jacob, who were born to him in Padan Aram. Jacob came home to his father Isaac in Marmi, near Kirith Abba, that is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had stayed. Isaac lived 180 years, then he breathed his last and died, and was gathered, gathered to his people, old and full of years, and his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. Once again, we see that God is speaking to Jacob, this time, and he instructed him to establish his home in Bethel and to build an altar uh, and to remove the gods and the false idols and things that his family and his servants were carrying with them. And... And he absolutely does what God wanted him to do. God said, get rid of your foreign gods. And so Jacob then told his people, get rid of these. And he and they did. 
And he didn't, like, put them in a sack and carry them with him. No, he buried them, left them in that place, and then continued on. When he arrives in Bethel, he builds an altar. And he builds it calling it El Bethel, which means the God, the God of the house of God. At Bethel, Jacob moves into more of like a worshiping relationship with God. And uh, he does, you know, he does, builds his altars. He gives his sacrifices. And he is worshiping God. And more than you see him doing this in earlier parts of his life. And he is filled with pretty, some trials that come along. Rachel dies. Or well, first her nursemaid dies. And then Rachel dies. And then while giving birth to Benjamin. And then at the end of this, you get the list of... Jacob or Israel's sons which if you pay attention they'll come up many many times in the rest of the Bible because they are the 12 tribes of Israel this is where the 12 tribes started in these 12 boys and When I was reading this, I, I noticed something interesting. Like, Bethel was his place of worship. His place of communing with God in a more, a, a more effective manner. God communes with, jo with Jacob throughout his life. But many times, or you know, a couple of times, he's wrestling with God. God is teaching him many things that maybe Jacob doesn't want to know at the time but when he comes back to Bethel where God spoke to him for the first time when God spoke to him when he left Esau when he was running from Esau and he comes back he is worshiping God he has seen what God has done in his life he has seen the changes that his life is made because God was in it. And God was directing his paths. And I thought to myself. While reading this and thinking about it. Studying on it. How far have I gone from my Bethel? Like have I run away from the place where I first met God that place spiritually in my life when I first experienced my salvation or how far have I gone from my worship place in God where I am purely there to worship and there have been times in my life when I ran pretty far and tried to bring myself back try to come back um, and one of my favorite things in life is just to worship God and it doesn't necessarily have to be singing even though I love to sing and I love to dance around and, and feel the joy of the Lord but 
just sitting and praising God and thanking Him for everything. Just having a moment of silence in the presence of the Lord. Those are precious times to me. I hope you haven't far, you know, traveled too far. Well, it's not really too far that you can't come back, but traveled far from your own Bethel, the, the place where you commune with God, the place where you talk to God. I hope that you can find your way back. And, and if you have gone, and if you haven't, and you are still in that place, thank God every day that you live in this place of worship, in this place of communication with Him. Sometimes we allow the things of the world to disrupt our relationship with the Lord, either by encroaching on the time that we spend with Him or encroaching on our thoughts while we're spending time with Him. But learn from Jacob. And remember to worship God and have a relationship with Him. That is what He wants, a relationship. Today, God is always calling you back. God will be calling you back to that place of Bethel. He wants that relationship. He wants that place where He can speak to you. Don't wait. Today, make time to find that place. Make time to start your walk back if you've gone away. Make time to sit with God and worship and just praise God. Psalms 23.3 says, He restores my soul. He guides the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. That time with God, that time in worshiping God, communing with God, or communicating with God, and allowing Him to communicate with you, that's what restores my soul. That's what keeps me going. And I hope that it does for you too. Some of the lessons that we learned from Jacob's life in the last few podcast that I've done I've learned quite a bit so I've I've wrote down some of the things that I've learned from him the outstanding lesson that Jacob teaches us is that God never fails to discipline those who resist or those who are slow to confirm uh, to conform to his purposes he got a plan for us he wants us on that plan And if we've given our life to him, if we've said, you're my Lord, I'm going to follow you. He will discipline you when you wander. He will push you back into the right way. If we don't rise to the level that God has for the purposes of us willingly, then we will be obliged to rise it rise to those levels through the firm hand of discipline 
we may not want to do something God wants us to do. If it's part of his plan, he's going to push us. We may get to a point where we are so uncomfortable in our current state that we have to move. Because God has a plan for us somewhere else. And uh, this has happened. I will admit it. I am hard-headed. And this has happened to me and my husband before. We knew God wanted us to change. We knew God had a different plan for us somewhere else. But we were comfortable at the church that we were at. We knew our jobs. We knew the people. We were comfortable there. And God kept telling us, you need to go. You need to go. Move on. I have something greater for you. But we were like, where is it really God? You know, we're questioning all of these things. And then we're like, does he mean now? Is it, does it mean that we're to leave here and go somewhere else? Or You know, we were asking all of these questions. And God made it so uncomfortable for us at that church. That slowly, over about a year, we got to where we had to go somewhere else. A change had to be made. And so, he is going to push you and push you if you are running. Don't run. Accept it. I love the song, Do Something. Because sometimes... All we need to do to get one, to to get everything going in the right direction for God's will is just do what we're supposed to do, right? Just do something. The Bible tells us a hundred things to do. Start out with a few of those, and then God will direct you. It is so much easier when you're willing to be pushed than when you're pushing back against God because that is not fun. <coughs> so, Jacob's life also shows us that it never pays to cheat or deceive. As the scripture states, a man reaps what he sows in Galatians 6, 7. One of the, one of the big things in Jacob's life is when he takes Esau's birthright and his blessing he is cheating him out of what is owed to him and then he goes off and he meets Laban and he meets Rachel and he wants to marry Rachel and he works for seven years and then he's cheated out of Rachel and given Leah instead and has to work another seven years to get Rachel he learned from that. He learned to be honest in everything he did. And all of his dealings with other people, with Laban and other uh, servants or other men, he is constantly being honest and fair after that because he learned what it felt like to be Esau when he was cheated out of Rachel. And so he learned from that. So learn from yourself and grow out of it. Become a better person because 
of a mistake you made. Don't let the mistake haunt your past. Just grow from it. The three great milestones that we see in Jacob's life is the dream at Bethel, the long discipline in the lands of Laban, and the night in which the angel of the Lord wrestled with him and overcame him. That night, he truly learned humility. And he truly learned what it meant to be a man who is a man of God. Throughout Jacob's life, he made mistakes. Because we all do. He's not perfect. But we can learn a lot from Jacob. Because he can teach us all of these things. And one of the most important things is humility. My grandmother, whom I loved, probably one of my three favorite people in the world, used to always tell me, Missy, you are no better than anyone else. And no one else is better than you. You are simply different. You are not better than anyone else. And no one else is better than you. Everyone is different. We are all loved by God. We all have gifts that God has given us. And so don't be afraid to be humble. Because being humble allows you to see the beauty in others. Allows you to see the gifts of others. And allows you to see the true love and grace of God in your life. So as you go throughout this week take these lessons from Jacob to heart be a worshiper go back to that place of Bethel that place of real communication with God don't afraid to be humble and when given the chance to restore a relationship with another person take it even if it does mean humbling yourselves in front of them. That is all that we are going to discuss about Jacob for this week. Uh, next week, we will start talking about Joseph. And Joseph is one of my favorite characters for anybody who knows me from very long. Joseph's story, quite long, so probably be several weeks. Uh, but... Please, most important thing this week, humble yourself and then find that place of worship. Don't forget to smile because God loves you and so do I. And be kind to yourself and be kind to others.